welcome to Trek Companion, episode 300. That's right, this is episode 300. Holy moly. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are not discussing the next couple episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. We are, uh, we're just going to take it easy and enjoy episode 300. Can't believe we made it. So if you're looking for the next two episodes of Lower Decks to be discussed, come back in two weeks and we will make you happy. But for today, we're just going to kind of chat a little bit because uh, I can't believe we got to 300. We've been doing this for over a decade. And if you told us way back when that we would get to 300, I'm sure that would have been very, very humorous. (laughs) We would have laughed. Um, Yeah, 300. Jeez. The way DS9 started with our technical difficulties all yeah <laughs> ds9 right we got through that well that's the other thing is like we've been doing this podcast so long that we've told <laughs> we've told all our stories more than once most of them so i'm i'm positive more than once we have told the story about how we had to re-record the first episode of this podcast a couple of times or was it was it episode two there was one of them that we recorded like three times <laughs> so silly well, well, I remember. I do remember, like when we had to re-record some of those DS9 ones. It was kind of like it got to the point where it wasn't like spontaneous. I'm like, all right, what? You're just kind of like, what did I say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you were just talking. We were just talking about computers before we got on here, Brian. I think, um, yeah, this is. I'm on my fourth computer for our podcast. I think I started on a um, HP laptop, which was just a horrible piece of crap. And then, um, so this would be my third Apple that i'm working on with this show oh yeah that's i i when we started i was on a power mac g5 that's that wasn't even intel that was pre-intel right uh <laughs> uh and then yeah then i switched to a to an intel mac that i've now had for a decade and it's on its last leg so i'll be replacing it soon you've been through a couple of computers steve we know if memory serves, my we started and I had a computer and it was pretty new, and then it got to the point where it was nearly non-functional. So I think I'm only on my second, um, but I've had this one for about three years. But the, the first one when we started was pretty much brand new at the time. First thing I want to talk about, did you guys see the Comic-Con announcements? Yep. All right. Adam, follow all that. So uh, I did not go. This was their first time back since um, pre-pandemic. But I, I quit going to Comic-Con a couple of years before, uh, I think 2015 was my last trip there, something like that. Every year I've thought about going back, but yeah, maybe next year. Um, anyway, so we're all, we're just going to be discussing this, uh, having you know read the same news articles as everybody else. The first thing, did you, did you guys watch the Picard season three trailer? Yes, I have. More of a teaser, really. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it. All right, so it doesn't show any footage. It's it's like they took lines from from episodes, maybe, and actually, even that, I wonder if they just had them read some of those lines because they, the entry, the delivery and stuff makes me think that they're not really plucked out of the episodes. But at least the the actual as written, the words are from uh, upcoming episodes. But then it just you hear those lines almost as like VO, and you see uh, shots of everybody in their new character form, except for Spiner. There's no Spiner since, so we still don't really know what we know he's in season three, but we don't actually know what role he's playing. Hmm. I thought everybody, everybody looked pretty good. Uh, boy, 
Worf looks awesome. I've seen some people complain, but I think he looks mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> I think he looks yeah. like yeah. he looks somehow looks more like a bad mofo aged than he did when he was younger. I don't know. I think he looks great. All that white hair they gave him. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious to see, you know, what state his character is in. Uh, some, I think Kurtzman said, or somebody said, maybe it was the showrunner, not Kurtzman. Somebody said, you know, this season, season three is going to start off with, with them kind of not together in different parts of the galaxy. And then we're going to kind of put them together. They, they mentioned that they're the, there's, going to be a season-long villain and it's a female that's about all they said about that but i I honestly i mean they told us that the season was going to have a villain that was reminiscent of Khan. they told us that recently it wasn't just this week at con comic con (laughs) honestly as soon as i heard that i didn't like check out completely but i i immediately started managing my expectations yes this is going to be a next-gen reunion which makes it exciting and nostalgic but the fact that they're once again just approaching it in the same way that they approached, you know, Discovery and the first two seasons of Picard. There's some baddie going to destroy the galaxy, and we're going to spend the whole season stopping them. And I'm I'm just managing my expectations to think that I'm probably only going to get the thing I want out of the show in like the last five minutes of the last episode of the season. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the show they've chosen to make, and who knows? Maybe it'll be amazing, but it's going to be more like Picard seasons one and two and Discovery than it is, say, previous Star Treks or even Strange New Worlds. What kind of impressions did you guys get? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – pretty much what you've stated is about all I've thought about. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm, I'm trying to manage my expectations. There's gonna be, it's exciting just to have these people together, and that's, that's great. That's cool. It's just um, I don't know that we'll I – I expect it to be um, – much much more than this what we've seen so far in the series in a sense so i guess we'll see um i think some of the other stuff that came out of comic-con was more interesting than that was i mean i like the notion of seeing the teaser and seeing all these characters and what they look like and how we're going to have that in the next one but some of the other stuff was more interesting i think you have any thoughts about next gen stuff adam no i mean you know you have to think about it they probably need to do it sooner than later because it will, I don't know how many seasons can Picard go. I mean, not saying that Patrick Stewart isn't. This is it. Season three yeah, is the this, end. Is the end. So I mean, yeah, you got to do it. Um, I I put some I put put Picard the series above um above Discovery. Um, I I know where you're coming from, Brian, and I will obviously get to Picard when we you know we start doing shows about it. This I kind of feel the same way about both seasons, like. Season one, I really enjoyed the first episode, and then I spent like most of the season one just going, "Where are they going with this? Is you know what's going on?" You know, I was, and then by the end, I was satisfied, and I kind of felt the same way about season two. The first half of season two, I'm like, "Where are they going with this? We've seen a lot of this already before in Star Trek," and then I was pretty satisfied with the last couple of episodes how they kind of ended it out. But I, I enjoy Picard. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as critical of Picard that I am, and that I am of Discovery because Picard to me kind of just seems like okay, this is just some extra fanfare that we're throwing out there for the fans. You know, we're we're doing a show, we're we're showing you like what happens with Picard and you know how that all all comes together. So I don't know. I might feel differently when we start getting into it and talking about it. But I'm definitely excited, you know, to have um, see the whole the whole cast come back and see what they're going to do with it. You know. What do you think they're going to do with Spiner? I don't know. He's been two different. He's been in different roles in both seasons, so we'll see. Yeah, what's he? Soong of ancestors. I don't know. You know, that's it, Soong Soong's uh, long lost mother. 
should play. <laughs> Technically, isn't Lore still around? They just disassembled him, right? Well, I mean, that could could be. That could happen. Yeah. Well, we saw uh, B4's pieces in the uh, in season mm-hmm. one, didn't we? Don't think they'll want to do an Android because it's too hard <laughs> to you know to make him look right. Oh, you know, season, I, I you should know. probably qualify. Let's not do any too deep of of spoilers for Picard seasons one or two. Mm. I don't. Hopefully, saying that we saw pieces of before. No, those pieces of before were in the trailer, weren't they? I think that sounds right. Yeah, anyway, I believe you're okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as Steve mentioned, there was plenty of other news, and some of it was pretty exciting. The one that blew me away the most that I'm we all want to know what exactly that meant was a. Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks crossover. So an episode of Strange New Worlds Season 2 has a Lower Decks crossover with uh, Mariner and Boimler. And we know for sure both of those voice actors are involved. But I don't. I saw conflicting reports. I don't understand. And I, I'm thinking that they probably didn't elaborate. So nobody really knows. But I didn't understand if it was... If they're if they're in live action, if they're playing their characters in live action, or if there's some kind of really crazy literal animation live action hybrid thing, and they're just revoicing the characters. I didn't read like every article I could find everywhere or something, but the couple I did read sounded like they were going to play live action versions of themselves. Okay. Now, I don't know for sure. Well, how but, does that work yeah. time wise? Because they're right. It doesn't. They don't. It doesn't fit. It had to be a time travel thing. Hundred years later, isn't there like a hundred year difference there? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Over a hundred years. Yep. Over a hundred years. Because they're. So there's going to be some time travel, possibly, right? Well, we've seen uh, strange new worlds play with time in the same way that you know they picked up stuff from Discovery. Let, yeah, we don't need to go into that because again, that's that's a spoiler thing. If you haven't watched Strange New Worlds <laughs> one yet. Yeah, so that's exciting. That's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've we've said consistently, Lower Decks is of the of the few new shows, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks are the there are my, my my favorites, and I think you guys it sounds like you probably kind of yeah, agree with some of that. Yeah. So crossing those two over, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, we've sort of already seen. I don't know if you count it as saying we've seen Discovery crossover Strange New Worlds because Strange New Worlds didn't exist when they had those characters on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we've sort of seen that. Yeah, well, they they finished shooting season two, I think, right before they aired season one, which is pretty amazing. So it was somewhere around in there. It was recent that they finished shooting. All right. Well, another thing we we'd mentioned we wanted to talk about on our amazing th- episode three hundred. Okay, so remind me. Let me. It's been so many years. So we started with DS nine, and then we went to next gen. No. No. I thought so. Well. We went to next gen whenever because, the Blu-ray started yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we did next gen, and then we backed up and did original series. I believe that's correct. Right. Followed by correct Enterprise. Enterprise. Because Voyager we saved the last because there's no way to watch anything but standard definition, and we were just yeah. crossing our fingers. I think. Or might we have done? Did we do Enterprise before original series? I'm not 100 percent sure. It's like a, like years of our life, like on each show. I know, and we can't remember. Sandwich these, yeah. Anyway, that's that's the general order of it. So yeah, that we went through, and then after Voyager, we did we did the movies, and then we did Discoveries, Discoveries seasons one, two, three, and now we're on Lower Decks. And our plan is um, a reminder that we're going to finish Lower Decks season two, and then do Lower Decks season three as it airs. And then probably do Picard seasons one, two, three, which means three will be while it airs. 
Uh, anyway, um, so one thing we wanted to talk about was we've been doing this show a long time, and how has our view of some of those pre-existing shows that we've already discussed, has it changed? And if so, how has it changed? I remember talking about, this is very specific, but the way that Picard kind of retroactively gave like Nemesis a little bit of direction for me. It did elevate Nemesis a little bit in a way that I never would have thought possible. I wonder if some of these other shows have, some of the other newer shows, or just the passage of time, you know, has changed kind of anybody's view. Well, on that note, Brian, I kind of feel like, with not getting into too much detail, I feel like Strange New Worlds gives more context to the the original series. Um, And that's kind of what I was hoping to pour out of Discovery, but Discovery just went on its whole its whole thing, you know, did, did the discovery thing, but watching the first season of um, strange new worlds, it's actually given me a little bit more appreciation of the original series, especially, you know, you know, the last episode that they did. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of get the same feeling with strange new worlds that you did with Picard um, and um, nemesis. My girl, for the most part, you know, she has not watched, Certainly the TV shows with me. She's watched a couple of the movies with me. But I asked her if she wanted to watch Strange New Worlds from the beginning with me. And she did. And she really enjoyed it enough that near the end of it, because we were just watching it, you know, Thursday nights when they posted. By the end of the season, she was like, let's keep watching Star Trek on Thursdays. I'd like to see the original series. You know, Strange New Worlds made her want to see the original series, which is... that's awesome <laughs> that's great yeah yeah and of course my answer to that question was yes we can do that <laughs> of course that's, so <laughs> that's the brilliance of stranger worlds if you're just new to star trek i've got a couple friends like oh i've never seen i'm like well you can just start watching strange new worlds and yeah and, you, and that'll take you from there you know you know because that's the prequel to you know the original series and um that's the brilliance of it you don't have to go because it's done you know a lot of people will ask me uh, these shows that have been on for years and years. Um, you know, they're so daunting you can't get into them. Like, yeah. you got some friends who haven't seen all the Marvel things because it's so daunting, so much stuff you can't you can't get into it. So, and that's the nice thing about Strange. You can just start at Strange New Worlds and see if you you dig it. And, and if you do, you can keep watching from there. Yeah, you know, it's it, the only other time that happened really, I think, was the, the original series. There wasn't a lot of Star Trek before the original series, so you could really <laughs> just start watching it. <laughs> Broadly speaking, I don't think any of the any new Trek has made older Trek worse. I don't I don't think that's happened. You know, I think we have these examples where it's it's added context, it's made a, a, some kind of it's enhanced the plot in some respect or explained things in a way that make you think, huh, okay, that makes some sense now or something like that. Now, much of that stuff only serves uh, fans, but, you know, unless you're talking about something as powerful as what we were speaking of just now, I mean, if there were a you know, number of people that uh, somehow got on board with Strange New Worlds that made them want to watch more, I mean, I think that's the only one of the series that would probably have that kind of effect, you know, just from, you know, um, to go back and watch more, but and I don't think people, a lot of people are jumping onto Picard that don't care about next gen already anyway, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, we've seen, I, again, we don't want to give spoilers and stuff too, but we've seen some other references to pretty much all the series in some respect or another, you know? And a lot of that's just 
you know, fans appreciate it because they're little nuggets and whatnot, but um, it's always good to see the connections, you know, and the, the, like we were kind of alluding to, the more these current series connect or potentially connect to something else and all that, it just, it just enhances the whole thing. So that, that aspect of the new, of the new trick, I think is, is good. It's funny. You don't even have to watch discovery to jump into strange new worlds and understand what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She did ask me about, because they mentioned Spock mentions his sister a little bit. Mm. And then there is a little bit of mention of, you know, the thing that, that Pike finds out during discovery that, you know, has, is influencing some of his decisions during Strange New Worlds. And she asked me about that as well. And so I was conscious of, okay, there are a couple of, I mean, it was like two sentences to explain it and she was good to go, but you know, there is a tiny bit there right. uh, that, that she, of information that she needed to have from discovery. And it's kind of funny too, this stuff, because it's like, does, do spoiler alerts ever expire? You know, I've been some like, spoiler alert 55 years ago, you know, <laughs> you know, for something like that. <laughs> One of the reasons she wanted to watch the original series, she, she wanted to see, because I had mentioned, oh yeah, no, the, the Spock's fiance. I mentioned, oh, there's an episode of the original series with her. And she was so excited about it because she thought it was their wedding. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I think you're going to be a little disappointed in a muck time. If that's what you're looking for. I would say that's more like their divorce. <laughs> so in answer to that question, I think, um, yeah, 55 years is probably, you don't have to uh, avoid spoilers for a muck time. But I, I don't feel like um, I don't feel like my opinion of the existing shows has changed. I do have that we've talked about it before, but the, the HD snob in me, like, boy, it's really tough for me to look at DS9 or Voyager. Kind of sucks because I'd really like to watch some. There, there are just select episodes of DS9 that I think pop in my head. The other day, I was like, I found myself wanting to watch The Wire, and I didn't because I thought. It's just going to look like a butt, and that's going to really disappoint me. I hate that that's true, but it is. And that's just going to get more extreme as the years go by. So that's kind of happened. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, too, and I just don't see how that turns around. I mean, it'd be about the best news of the century if we if we heard something otherwise, but it's it's hard. But I mean, it is, it is a thing. I mean, you know, they, they, it's all out there on Paramount Plus. They, they push it. Now they have more and more stuff comes out that references these things and they know people come back and see it, you know, so there isn't a factor of that. It's not like everyone's watching it on their phone. You know, I mean, some of that's going to come across like, oh my God, look at this, you know. How do they interpret that data? Are they like, well, people are watching it, so we don't have to do anything about it or nobody's watching it, so we don't want to spend any money on it. You know, we were all, we all were kind of cautiously hopeful that Paramount Plus needing content would be a reason that they could that they could do it that they could give us HD versions of DS9 and Voyager, but they're not doing it now. Forget it. I think it's I think in time they'll get there. I just don't think it's going to get any cheaper than it is now, and, and then that's the reason. If it cost them nothing, they would do it, right? So if it's a cost question, I don't think it's going to get cheaper than it is now. Well, maybe they'll continue. You know, my my hope was that we'd always get to see. Um, the continuation of DS9 because the way DS9 ended, it's kind of le- the story is kind of left open with Cisco going, you know, into the wormhole and going with the celestial beings, and so they left all that that open, and we never really we've never really gotten a view of what happens, you know, with Bajor or Bajor or Cardassia, you know, DS9. We've heard, you know, obviously we've heard a lot of references to it in um in mostly in lower decks, you know, we've seen quirks thrown out you know like the quirks franchise thrown out there a lot and we've heard mariner 
um, mention Deep Space Nine here and there. But um, I mean, that's an avenue that I would I I personally would like to see them go back to and explore what's going on in DS9 in the future. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But maybe that would if they did decide to go back there, maybe that would spur them to um, HDFI the original the series. Wasn't there rumors or there was talk after DS9 went off the air that they were going to do some television movies? I remember seeing Rene Abergenois at a little convention. And when they asked him if, if, you know, if there was any chance of doing more shows, he said no. But the one rumor he'd heard that might have some credibility was the idea of a of TV movie or two. Well, I think what's interesting is you talk about our views of the series and, you know, and how, how they're in, they change over time. But the thing is, it takes, in a, in a way, I think it takes watching them again to do that. You know, I mean, I don't know that my perspective on the quality of a series from front to back, or at least their best episodes, is going to change a whole lot until I go back and see it again. And it takes, that takes an effort, right? You got to like make a choice to take your, to spend time, which we have, there's a ton of stuff to watch all the time, right? For that amount of time we spend, viewing things or wanting to do that you know it, it's you have to make a cognitive effort and you gotta go out and, and watch it you know and so i mean i i'd like to do that again sometime you know some of these things like you mentioned hold you back you know like the the, the quality of ds9 and voyager and so forth in, in terms of the visual and all that but um i don't know that overall my perspective on kind of the quality of, of a series from front to back has changed much given that i haven't watched them since we talked about them in this podcast you know since the last time we talked about it in the podcast well the, the one thing for me is i feel like every few years my my view of the original series since i was maybe 20 years old every few years if i revisit even just an episode somehow it's it's elevated and better <laughs> i don't see how i can get better but there's something about it that has just broken down every sort of thing that's supposed to limit what these things can mean or the quality of them or what a show means. Like, I, you know what I think it is? I think it's over time. You get, you get wiser. You get more experienced. You see more and more content. You see more shows, more movies. And I'm just constantly rediscovering what a miracle the original series was, you know, and finding another layer and depth to that. It wasn't just once in a decade. It wasn't even once in a generation. It was, I mean, it was even less frequent than that in the history of not just television, but entertainment. I mean, that again, that's the reason that we're all still talking about Star Trek. If the original series hadn't been like that, we wouldn't be. They're not making the the 11th spinoff of Lost in Space. Yeah. But on that note, another thing uh, you guys had mentioned we wanted to talk about was how has our fandom changed? Today, as opposed to a decade ago or a couple of decades ago, I was thinking about it for me and... Conventions are a different thing to me, you know. Like I, I don't really go to conventions much anymore. We can talk about kind of the why, but that's one thing that's changed. You know, clearly we all get so much more information now from the from the internet in the way that we didn't when we started being Star Trek fans. The biggest thing from the last few years, of course, is just the ubiquity and ease of watching Star Trek. You don't have to have a curated collection anymore anybody anywhere can watch any episode at any time 
with the thing that's in their pocket, <laughs> which is still weird to think about. So there's not having any barriers to entry, except for what Adam was talking about earlier, of this sense that there's so much and where do you start? Like you said, they do occasionally seem to make efforts to get over that, like with Strange New Worlds, even if they're not doing so with Discovery and Picard. But I don't know. Just There's just some spur-of-the-moment thoughts there I have about how fandom has changed for us. I think for me, it's primarily just kind of the some of the natural things that occur with t- your time, your resources, and whatnot. You know, you you ultimately end up in a position where over time you have to, you know, it's natural as you as you get older and do new things and have new life events, you have to make choices, you know, as to how you use your time and your resources. So, you know, twenty years, you know, twenty two years ago, somewhere in that zone, I, I was going to a convention a year, maybe some big ones, some small. I had a, a span of time that I was doing that kind of thing. It's not that I dislike them. It's just that, you know, having the time and the resources to do them frequently. And there's a fall off because things kind of get old hat, right? You know, when you see a kind of event and you, and it tends to be a repeated kind of thing where, okay, they get up there, they talk about these things, you get used to the kind of answers you get, you see, you know, and there's only so much cool factor of actually meeting someone in person or getting autographs. That's fine, you know, but it, it, and like you mentioned, those things you can see now too. You, you, it's not long after the big ones happen. You can watch these things if you want to. You can see a transcribed interview from it. You can get all the stuff. If you want stuff from the convention, you can order it, whatever. So that's there. And also just the resources, to like bringing up the collectibles and that kind of stuff. I spent a fortune on stuff in the span from 20 to 30 years ago. And now it's I, I barely spend any money on that kind of thing. I like that kind of stuff, but over time you just, you have to pick and choose your battles. You know, what do you spend your money on? What do you have the resources for? And I'm just glad now that, you know, I can, I can watch, like you said, you can watch episodes anytime, any place now for next to nothing, but I do, I do have the the means to watch them with a good experience and, and play those for my friends and family and things like that. And we get to do this every two weeks and that's, and that's that's a lot. That's that's a lot more meaningful to me than buying stuff or attending events and that kind of thing. So that's probably the biggest way my fandom has changed. The collectibles thing is interesting because I think for me, yes, it's it's like uh, I, I obviously used to buy a lot of stuff, and I still have most of that stuff. It's not like I got rid of it. I just I just got to a point where it was like it was mostly I would buy something and it would go into a box in the closet, and I ran out of closet space. And then it seemed really silly to spend money on something that it was just going to go in a box in the closet when I didn't have room in the closet anymore. So, I mean, it was, it's kind of a, you know, you talk about resources, the resources, it runs both ways. Because <laughs> if you don't have room in your house, it's like, but that said, I still think that stuff is cool. And I devour every news story about anything new that they're making. And I'm always hoping that there's going to be something that's going to make me say, well, I have to find room for that no matter what. Like I did when they put out space dock for the first time you know that was a, that that giant that oversized eagle moss thing that was during the pandemic wasn't it yeah that was during the pandemic i'm like oh well i'm finding space for that no matter what but i remember very consciously thinking like i was sending pictures to my buddy here about it like oh look what i got and he's like when was the last time you bought something like that i'm like oh my god i mean i literally couldn't i couldn't come up with the number so it had definitely been years but i still love that stuff you know they just they just did the uh, like a like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe or whatever it was for that massive computer or something, that huge enterprise 
with all the with the working lights and all that stuff, it just it just met its funding goal. I think today's the last day. Actually, we're recording this on Sunday, the twenty fourth. Nothing looked awesome, and honestly, it looks it's it's a great it's a steal at six hundred dollars for what it is. But I'm like, I don't know where I could put that in my house, man. But it's really cool. I can't wait for people to open it up and put their YouTube videos up so I can see what it really looks like with the lights. Right, right. Uh, you know, I look at the early 80s when I, you know, as a kid, when I started watching, you know, the original series, you know, you know, then 87, we start with next gen. And I, I look at that. So I just basically take that 20 year span, early 80s till, you know, the early 2000s. I don't think that fandom will ever change in me because it's more, it's become more nostalgic. I look back on that, all the series, you know, just, you know, the time watching them, you know, the time talking to you about Star Trek when we were back in Blockbuster and going to those conventions in the nineties. Um, that hasn't changed uh, in my, my feelings towards those shows, you know, even, even enterprise Voyager, you know, I, I still adore all those shows. Not, it's just because of the time, you know, the time period of my life back then. And that kind of factors in as well. Now, well, now, if you would have asked me this question a year ago, Brian, I would have had serious doubts about like my fandom for Star Trek going forward. And it's not, I mean, you know, I don't mean to bash on discovery, but I mean, it never really, you know, we've talked about this in, in depth and listeners out there, you can go listen to the first our, our, our talks about um, discovery. It just never felt like Star Trek to me. It felt like they were trying to do something completely different and they were trying to, to mold the show into modern television of today. And it just never worked. It wasn't until, you know, Lower Decks. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed Lower Decks. I've really been enjoying season two of Lower Decks. And um, I really enjoyed Strange New Worlds. And this is kind of the first time probably in 20 years that I felt excited about Star Trek and watching it. I'm sorry, it's kind of, Discovery was a little bit of a chore at times for me to kind of sit there and watch. And it alludes back to what Steve was saying. You know, you only have so much time in the day with so many things to to watch. You know, there's a zillion other things out there that you can watch and view. There's far more competition than there was in 1987 when Next Gen came out. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Discovery was a chore at times to watch. I just I, there are a lot of times I'd just rather watch something else. Um, but now I feel excited about it. I kind I kind of feel I feel re re energized um, with um, with what they've been doing with um, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks and and I I'm kind of what I said earlier. I'm kind of I, I'm kind of in the middle of the road with Picard. I enjoy Picard because it's nostalgia. It's it's more of a nostalgia series for me. So I don't I'm I'm not as critical with it. Well, that takes us to our, our next topic, though, which you're starting to touch on, which you're tar- starting to touch on, which is kind of the state of Star Trek, where it is now and where it's going. So where it is now, I brought this up on the podcast before. There's something that Steve said to me many years before we did our podcast, when after 18 years of nonstop Star Trek, they, they canceled Enterprise. And Steve said to me on the phone one day, I would rather have bad Star Trek than no Star Trek. <laughs> You pay. You said it, you pay. Phrased it differently, but that's what you said, and I always remembered that. My variation on that was I used to say that I'm a Trekker instead of a Trekkie, and my difference is that quality is irrelevant. I would rather the shows were good, but I'm going on the journey, so quality isn't the factor that determines whether or not I would watch a Star Trek show. That was 
put to the test with discovery and lesser to a lesser extent Picard for the reasons that you were just kind of talking about Adam I don't, I don't think they're bad shows I don't think that at all but you could put another name on them and yeah know, I found they, them to be you could put another unsatisfying name on Star Trek shows but the question is we, we've kind of never had this many shows in in production and development in our in our lives and we're we're guys that are big Star Trek fans have been so for our entire lives and there's never been this much Star Trek really not really this much disparate Star Trek as well so what is the state of current Star Trek and would you rather have it than no Star Trek I think I hold to that statement of rather have bad Star Trek than no Star Trek but I think in a way this stuff shakes itself out a little bit you know I think I think we kind of have it's like a nice problem to have right now in a sense is that if we that we're fortunate to be able to like go through and it's like oh in the last three or four or five years of new stuff's come out here's the bad ones here's the good ones all stuff but it's, it's Star Trek I mean there's been you know there's no there there was nothing and now you have because of technology and trends and so forth you have the ability to say okay fans who want bad star trek and rather have bad star trek than no star trek you can just pay for it then you know uh, essentially i mean in a, in, a, in a direct or indirect way right so they have they see those things i think i, I don't know for sure but i suspect that they see that more people care about Strange New Worlds than Discovery, right? I mean, there's people that are going to watch whatever Star Trek show they put on, that's for sure. And there's like- the number one streaming show was the HBO Max pirate show with Taika Waititi. Our, our flag means death. That was the number one streaming show. Nobody thought that was going to happen. By the way, side note, amazing freaking show. If you haven't watched that yet, go watch it immediately. The show that took over in the streaming wars and ratings was Strange New Worlds. Hmm. Strange New Worlds was the number one streaming show. None of the other Star Trek shows did that. Yeah. So they have means at their disposal to gauge these things, right? They it, It's a different world in that they know that they can put something out there that like Star Trek fill in the blank and they're going to get a certain number of people watching it. That's for sure. But you make really good stuff. You make people that, that stuff that's relevant. You're going to get even more, you know? So I think in that sense, it shakes itself out. Right. I, I, I still hold to it that I'd rather see, I, I say that, but obviously you have its limits, right? If some kind of confluence of events came about and there's this absolute garbage and it's Star Trek garbage and every week it's more garbage and it just goes on and they never have good stuff amongst the garbage that would really, uh, be disturbing after a point because at some point it erodes you know it erodes what you care about i mean it takes a lot to erode it right we, we, we've talked about you know for certain fans you have such a history i mean if you've been you know you're almost your whole life invested in this in some way shape or form and you care about it because it's not care about just because it's a tv show but because it's tied to your memories and and, and things you do with family and friends and this kind of stuff for all these reasons but you can't you can't make enough garbage where it's going to erode yeah. you know but broadly speaking, I think it's a nice problem we have right now, and that we have we have some bad stuff, we got some good stuff, we got some you know we can compare, and it's it's cool. No, I have heard people say one thing like, "Don't complain if something's bad because you've got what you like, and they're ne- they can never take that away from you." I kind I slightly disagree with that because we actually don't have high def versions of DS9 and Voyager, you know, and if it, if the success of these other shows are preventing that, then that is a reason I can hold something against those things. If once I had that, then I can argue, okay, yeah. And now that we're getting the movies in a good looking form, 
then I can say, yep, doesn't matter. They can never take those things away. But at the moment, that's not entirely accurate. But there's a side comment. Uh, Adam, your thoughts on this topic here. The state of start. So I'll, I'll give Discovery a lot of credit here. You know, I know we kind of bash out a little bit, but I do like the show. I'm glad I watched it. So just that disclaimer. But I, where I really will give Discovery a ton of credit is the production value of Discovery was the fun. I mean, it, it beat any movie up to that point. You know, it's you watch that show. I mean, you're getting top notch effects, you know, um, production value. And they've, t- and you know, if you haven't seen Strange New Worlds. This is gonna, this isn't gonna spoil it. But they even took that an extra level to Strange New Worlds. So I'll give Discovery credit there. It's like you know, they it looks amazing, and Strange New Worlds looks even better than Discovery. I thought. So that's where I'll give Discovery credit. They set a very high bar on what we're going to, what Star Trek is going to look like, and so that. That is also something I'm very excited about. You know, watching you know watching Strange. That's it's one of the. the, the I was like really got my got me you know the goosebumps and like really excited watching Strange New Worlds because you see all these cool things that you didn't get to see in the original series. And not to take away from the original series because it was in the '60s, we did get the you know the the revamp version of it. And so I'm excited about that. The look and the feel, the production value is great, and it's. And with Strange New Worlds, they're kind of the production, the writing is is getting close to where the production value is, and so that's where Star Trek really really shines is like when you can put those all those two things together. Um, and, and the animation for um, Lower Decks is it, it's fine. It's 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 a little Simpsonsy, but I mean you know I don't think you watch Lower Decks for production value. You watch it for fun and the writing, and that's and they've done a great job on that. Well, Steve, you had mentioned when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about this idea that like. Maybe everybody's kind of chasing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, the MCU is this very constructed, um, intertwined thing. It's it's not necessarily organic, I think was the word that you had brought up. But that's kind of what Star Trek is sort of trying to be. I, I would put it more in line with what Star Wars is trying to do. Because you have all these different timelines, these storylines in different time time frames and time periods. So I would compare it more to like what Star Wars is trying to do than the same Marvel. Well, I think it, I think in any case, it's it's. I mean, essentially, the, the simple way to put it is you they want you want to make something that makes people want to watch something else too. You want to make it a vicious cycle where um, that makes me care about this, which makes me care about this, and now I get all invested in all of these aspects, right? So in in that sense, you know, everybody wants a franchise. Everyone's a franchise because it. Uh, they feed, it feeds off each other. You just, you just, you, you watch this thing and that makes you want to watch this thing, which makes you want to watch this other thing. And you just have endless jumping around to TV shows and movies and doing this kind of stuff. They're all their own thing. I mean, there, there, there are obviously differences in the, in the beginnings of all these different franchises are different and how they work and uh, pros and cons. But I do think the, 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 the creator, the people behind the Star Trek and Paramount plus and all that now, you know, they, they want to, they want to have that. They want people, people to, you know, I, I, I suspect this whole crossover thing we're talking about, if, if they have success, I mean, if, if people buy into it and watch, keep watching stuff, I think we're gonna start seeing all sorts of crossover stuff. It's crossover to this and that and every series is going to cross over into something else. I don't know, but that's because they, they want people to do that. They want people like, I'm just watching this series, but oh, now they're touching on that one. That sounds interesting. I'll go back, you know, either going back and watching something or watching something that's currently going on, you know, it just makes sense. But is that going to hold some of these shows back? 
I've seen cheapened versions of that stuff on television too. I mean, I watch, I watch a couple network series with my wife still that she cares about and there's that kind of crap going on and it's just, yeah, they that can get crappy in a hurry. Right. I mean, you can have stuff that's just like, and like, who's this guy walk on and it's like, Oh, that's so-and-so from this show, you know? And then you just totally like, you got to tune into that thing to, to, <laughs> to even understand where they're going with. You can't, it, it's, it can't rely on it. Right. It can't be to the point where they're, in a cheap way, they're trying to say like, well, if you want to understand anything that's going on in this episode or series and have any meaning out of it, you got to go somewhere else for it. No. And I think that's, that's part of what, that's one of the reasons Strange New Worlds is good. I mean, I, I don't think like good writing has to be more episodic in nature than what we're seeing, but you know, they, from the get go said, we're going to be more episodic than the other current series that are going on. And that's maybe Star Trek, there's some aspect to it that that works better that way you know the 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 tenets behind it the history behind it and all that stuff maybe it just it works better than having a a serial a serialized format that you flat out cannot know where to cut one episode and start the next one you know it's one thing i I get that there are aspects that carry on and every one feeds into the next one but if you can't tell where one ends and one begins that's a different thing well we talked about if we start talking about where star trek is going I, I thought that before, but Strange New Worlds is is proving that case pretty well. That to me, Star Trek works better in an episodic format, less so story arcs over the whole season. Even if I try to imagine if Discovery had been the greatest show ever, would it have felt like Star Trek doing that? I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure that it would. And in the same sense, if Strange New Worlds had been less good. I still would have probably enjoyed it more than another show with a big story arc that was less good. Maybe what they need to be thinking about is like, if especially because we can tell that they're they're they got new shows in development, stuff we haven't even heard about. You know, all new shows. And I'm not saying to they have to always do this episodic format, but that should that should be a big part of the question. That should, maybe that should be the default. If, if they're going to do like a five episode miniseries, and I don't know, it's just some, I, they'll never get Avery Brooks to come back. But let's say they did something crazy like that, bring him back for a. Okay, do do some story with just him and keep it keep it short and and story arc it. But if you're going to do a weekly Star Trek show, you know, and by the way, if you do that, do like a five or six episode miniseries and bring Avery Brooks back, release them all on the same day and let us binge them. Because <laughs> that's what these story arcy shows are made for. They're not made for weekly stuff, right? And you, and then when you're doing 10, 12, 15 episode shows, make them, make it a weekly episodic thing, and release it weekly. Fine. I don't know, but th- this should be a, a big part of the question, and the default should be episodic. I think you could do a mix. Yeah. I mean, it does. You could be, you could do episodic, and you could do a story arc. I mean, Next Gen had a story arc, and so did DS Nine. Both series had story arcs, but not the way we're talking about both. with Discovery and Picard. Not like Steve was saying, where where does one episode begin and the next one? Or, yeah, it's an interesting discussion in general for the way we watch, you know, you know, episodic, episodic, quote unquote, television on on streaming services or or wherever we see it. It's like. If you call it an episode, what does that mean? It's kind of like the same thing as calling something a season. Like we were joking about Star Trek Prodigy. It's season one, part one, and season two, B, or whatever. You know, okay, what is a season? What is an episode? What does any of it mean? You know, if you're going to divide up something and call it an episode, or you have some long-form thing, um, at some point, 
maybe there's an expectation and maybe that this is because I'm old and I remember episodic TV when it was episodic TV, but you know, somehow there is a, there is a story there, but it, it's not that different than like reading books that have chapters. Right. I mean, usually there's a, there's a setting and a purpose and something beyond on a, with a chapter and then a next chapter or an, or an act of a play or a, or a paragraph for that matter. You know, there's gotta be, everything has to have its place and its, message even if there's a very little message with one scene that's a scene otherwise you you know what are we gonna do we could just like set up a camera and watch people do something for three hours straight you know or whatever and never stops i mean but, but some of this is in, in, like adam had talked about some of discovery feeling like a chore yeah and i think about that i'm watching this show uh, the fx show it's on fx and, and hulu right now the old man fantastic show but i was very consciously thinking like you know, none of these episodes have been as amazing as the pilot. There's the first episode, the premiere. And I think I think I would have enjoyed this a lot more if I could have just binged it because of the way the story is. But it's been a weekly thing, and it's dragged it down. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, that's how shows are kind of made, to, to binge watch. Um, you know, I kind of I, I half was, was – Stranger Worlds, I kind of half binged it and kind of half went week to week. And, and I actually think there is there is a story arc. In season one of Strange New Worlds, sure. and we can talk about that one. Um, and it's Pike's. Pike has a story arc in that whole season, and it it ends with the, the 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 story arc is neatly wrapped up there in the last episode. Not giving away anything there, but so yeah, you can have story arcs. But yeah, you're right, Brian. You know, it gets exhausting when you know it's boom, 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 boom. When the show, mm. when you're not used to that, you know, like I, I brought up Twenty Four, but Twenty Four was marketed as that kind of show it's a it takes place in a day each episode is an hour of that day and that's how the show is marketed so as an audience you go into you go into the show knowing that so it's that kind of ride um and we call you know when before discovery came out we kind of knew that's probably the direction they were going to go because that's what they were saying but i mean it, it just it just didn't it just didn't match it didn't feel right but mm. In, in a way, in a way, there are a lot of issues here, right? There are is there is a, is one form best for Star Trek versus that works for other shows, but not Star Trek as well. Is it uh, how you, the delivery, which I'd never really pondered that before, but that's interesting. I don't, given that they want to try to keep subscribers, I, I know why they don't do that. You know, they just do it week to week and try to keep everyone hanging on week to week. But you're right, there's some things that just feel better to just sit and watch all at once, even if it's nine or ten hours, versus picking them up week to week. And things that work better the other way, and so there's a lot of a lot of factors, and I think that that's what the the, the creators of the show are going to. I'm hoping it all just works out, like I like I mentioned, where they just they see the numbers, they see where interest is, and they say like, well, you know what, for this is what's working best, and maybe we'll do more yeah, of that or, kind or of at thing. Least, yeah. I'm not saying you can't do stuff like Discovery and Picard. Mm -hmm, I'm just mm -hmm. saying that those should be the outliers, and this was set up yeah. as Strange New World is the outlier. They had to make a give somebody had to give an interview right. uh to say oh we're doing do this amazing thing you've never seen this before <laughs> <laughs> it's called episodes yeah episodes they're gonna kind of like episodes. have a beginning a middle and an end and it's gonna stop mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> incredible but as, as you as you pointed as you pointed out strange worlds still has as an arc this isn't this isn't the original series or even next generation they, they there yeah. is stuff going on that you need to see the episodes before to understand later it's not bad it's just that there's a point to it right each is a capsule of something there's a point to it and and when 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 it's at its worst i mean in, in a way you the writing has to be so much better to pull off a serial that like never really has breaks i mean that's that's exhausting if you just think about it. That's like some kind of epic 
thing that somehow keeps your interest and no matter what you just want to keep watching it. it's 12 hours into it that's insane right so and, and, and the problem is a lot of what we sometimes when it's at its worst it feels like soap opera stuff it feels like the classic soap opera stuff where it's just kind of this again and more of this and here they're doing this thing and the characters never seem to grow and it's just more of the same you know that's that's when it's really well, it bad. doesn't help that some of these decisions are they're just business decisions they're not made for the right reasons like whether something should be bingeable you know released all the episodes together or released weekly those aren't those are made because i don't know for the old man it's like oh this is going to be on fx we're only going to air one episode a week so hulu only gets one episode a week you know these it has nothing to do with the story or what's best for the show right right it's silly and ironic that Discovery, the seasons have been like 13, 14, 15 episodes. Strange New Worlds had a 10-episode season. It should have been the other way around. Yeah, yeah. The show that's episodic should have had more as opposed to the one where they kept adding on episodes and you had 15-episode seasons where they're clearly pulling, stretching things out and you get those soap opera things like mm-hmm. you're talking about. So make these decisions based on what's what's best for the show and maybe even what's best for Star Trek. Well, to go back to Steve's point, I mean, you know, it's not just, you know, you mentioned Stranger Worlds is just 10 episodes, but you see that more and more with all seasons that are, you know, maybe eight, not eight to 10 episodes. I mean, you know, you brought up Marvel earlier, you know, a lot of those series are only like six or seven episodes, you know. Yeah, but the next um, season Obi-Wan of Discovery, was only six it's more than 10. I think it's like 13 yeah. or something, but it's more than 10. The season that's in the can. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, but I think I think an, I, I, I'm hopeful that they see what works best and what people like. And in a way, maybe we can be thankful that Discovery was less lackluster as it was, because in that, if, if it was if it rocked, but it still wasn't feeling like Star Trek, we'd get more of that that doesn't feel like Star Trek, hmm. and and it was okay in a big serial, but it still didn't feel like Star Trek. Instead, it didn't, you know, and eh, not so no one thinks it's not their favorite thing, right? So you get Strange New Worlds eventually, and everyone likes it. Well, I guess we'll see what, where that where that takes us. I was going to say, and I can see them doing with Strange New Worlds what they did with remember the last season and season four of Enterprise where they had those three episode arcs. No, I could see them doing that with Strange New Worlds. Okay, we're going to do these three episodes that just have to do with this this little storyline. So that wouldn't bother me because I enjoyed that in, in Enterprise. Well, so the, the end result is, thanks to Strange New Worlds, I am more excited about the possibilities, uh, the future of Star Trek, than I was maybe you know a year, two years ago. Um, you feel that way about the movies? Future of the movies? The small screen's in good shape. Yeah, who knows? I, I've, I've said since day one, since many versions of different directors and things back, I'll always say that. Talk to me when they're rolling cameras, because I don't believe there's another movie until they're rolling cameras. I just don't. All right, last thing. I think this was Steve's idea. Fantasy Star Trek show you'd like to see. Sky's the limit. I've always wanted to see DS9 again. Because I always felt that they left that, they left that show, left the door wide open for a bunch of possibilities. So that's that's what I would want to see. I want them to pick that, pick up that storyline, that world again. Because obviously, Deep, Deep Space Nine, it was in the Star Trek universe, but it was it was almost like its own little bubble of you know, Bajor, Cardassia, the wormhole. I would really like to see them return to that and, and continue that story and see what's going on there. One thing we were kind of talking about earlier, like Adam, you were talking about the early 80s and when you started watching Star Trek and you lost some of these things. I've heard it said that like your favorite 
stuff is from that sweet spot in your childhood. Like your favorite, your favorite Bond actor is whoever was the first one you saw when you were like eight years old or whatever, you know. And that's definitely true for me. I've talked about it, but for Star Trek, my favorite time period is the time that I that I first embraced Star Trek, and it was that. And all we had were movies in the the early to mid '80s, right? So Star Trek's two, you know, two, three, and four, really. When I watch any of those movies, when I see those costumes, I mean, I just get such a crazy level of nostalgia and love, and it feels so good so instantly. And we've never really seen anything other than those movies during that time period, really. So there's a part of me that would, I don't know what you could do, but I'm not saying I don't want CG original series people or something, but maybe, maybe an exploration from that time period. More space doc. That's what I really say. More, more space doc. <laughs> yeah, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I may have uh, introduced that notion, or, but I don't. I haven't like sat there and pondered and written out what this is my favorite thing I'd like to see. I, I, I do like what Adam says there. I mean, you know, jumping off where DS9, where it left off, or what happened after that, just because it was so good. That, well, we that got would be that, fantastic. that season eight uh, premiere pitch thing from yes. that documentary mm-hmm. that was so wonderful. Right, yeah. right. But also closer to what you said, Brian, too, this notion of what happens in that time period. And I don't know if that, I don't know what, how, what would be best served by that, if it would be um, creating whole new series every time you want to explore something like that, or these notions of an anthology series, and like a, like a, like a long-form something that goes straight to Paramount Plus. And that, that... Which is what apparently Discovery was supposed to be, and then... yeah. They didn't want to do that, and that's why Brian Fuller ended up leaving. But that is, it was the original idea of Discovery, right? I mean, because then you can like essentially you're you know you're making like a, like a feature or something, right? You're in, in a certain thing and a pet project, but because of the way you you know you put it straight to the format, you know, on, you know, on Paramount Plus, you do it. But I would like to see that kind of thing. I, I don't want to. I don't know that I'd want to narrow, so narrowly to say I want to see these characters in this time frame or whatever else. I'd like to. I'd like a, a deeper exploration of, of the best stuff we've seen in some form that way. You know, uh, that that's what I'd like to see. We know that Nick Meyer wrote a. I think it was like a con prequel of con on city alpha five thing you know you do that as a mini series it doesn't have to be a whole show mm-hmm. that would be cool you know i'd be into that yeah but it also also you know it doesn't have to be you know we talk about fantasy star trek show of course that's what we're going to talk about are extensions of existing stories and characters that we already know and love but that's you know that's just fun i'm cool with a with a with Star Trek shows that are completely new. They could fill in the gaps with the, with the original. I mean, if they did animated, animated series, I mean, not to copy Star Wars too much, but I mean, you know, that's where Star Wars filled in a lot of gaps with their animated series. And I'm just thinking, you know, with the success of Lower Decks, I mean, they could fill in some gaps with, with some new animated series during that time frame with the original, original characters. I remember some talk about, doing like CG um, Star Trek, the animated series, and then just using those, those existing audio recordings, but CG and the uh, images to make it, well, there's something there that would be fun. I'd I'd want them to go ahead and replace Jimmy Dewan, the man of a thousand voices that really only has one voice. (laughs) But then that's when you start to get into, oh, well, where do you draw the line? And so... Yeah, maybe there's no sweet spot there as far as what all you replace and things. But I'd love to see like a high quality 
uh, version of a couple of those things. Yeah. But the truth is, if money is no object and they could do anything, and they said, Ryan, tell us what to do. Give me HD DS9 Voyager. Right, right. It's going to be a sore spot for as long as I live. Just do that. You don't even have to update. You don't have to update the audio. I don't care. I don't care. Just give me high def picture. All right. Look at that. We did our first hour long episode in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Three hundred episodes, guys. Three hundred. Three hundred. Congrats! Yes. Wow. This is July of 2022. And we started, what was it? December of 2010, I believe. 300. Part of the reason that we wanted to do this today, <laughs> yeah, it's 300. But also, this makes it work out so that because, because they announced when Lower Deck Season 3 is actually premiering, this allows us to continue without taking a break or anything for Lower Decks. Season 2, our Season 2 discussions will go straight into Season 3. Yeah, you can forget about that. Just, just it's really just about three hundred, and we're celebrating three hundred. Yeah, really. So, thank you guys. As always, I'm I'm always grateful to have uh, this chance every couple of weeks to talk to you guys about Star Trek. You know, we talk about how fandom has changed. My fandom has kind of changed around our podcast. You know, mm -hmm. and I like that this has been the consistent part. This podcast and our interaction every two weeks has allowed me to prioritize the important things so that I could continue being a Star Trek fan. Because I, I was always going to run out of time to go to conventions or collect merchandise or even rewatch the shows over and over. That was always going to happen. You get older, all that stuff, that life stuff that happens. But this is now on my calendar and we all make it happen. And I like that. All right, so thank you folks for spending an hour with us. We're going to be back in two weeks to give you the next two episodes of Lower Decks Season 2. And uh, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you again, and until next time, take it easy. Here's to the next 300. Bye, guys. <laughs> See you. Stefan, I passed it.